coming up on this week's episode. There was no man behind the curtain, no great wizard, so to speak, that could change things for them. In the end, the message was, you know, the opportunity's right there. You just need to go take it. So if we can see that one movie did that, then we can understand that if we take that same sort of logic, what do people need? What do they need to hear? And then we can give them that. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Let's Get Into It. It's me, it's Bree, and I'm super excited for this week's episode because I am joined by my good friend Robin Baranove, who I actually met on an app called Shaper, S-H-A-P-R, which I've talked about quite a few times on the podcast of it's basically like LinkedIn on an app where like you can connect with people um, and see like their more their, their professional profile and so Robin and I met a few years ago on that app and we've just stayed connected since then and we touch base with each other quite a few times a year and He's been just a really great mentor for me and helping me come up with creative ideas for my podcast and my business. And hopefully I've been of of help to him as well. Um, But he is a photographer turned marketing podcaster. He also has a podcast as well, which I will link down below with his website and Instagram as well. And I just really enjoy our conversations because... I am a huge history lover, and one of the things that Robin really ties into this conversation is we talk about some major like historical events that happened in the U.S. and tying it into marketing and what we've learned from past events and how they can help us predict some of the needs that our customers and clients might be looking for. So I really enjoyed this podcast. I did make a mistake when I was going through and editing this. I said the marketing trends of 2020 and I meant to say marketing trends of 2021. (laughs) So if you guys catch that, you're not listening to an old recorded episode. This was recorded a few weeks ago. I just messed up with the dates. I don't know if anyone else does that where like they're still writing like 2020 on like papers and things. I know we can all f- would love to forget that 2020 ever existed, but unfortunately I'm still um, saying 2020. Anyway, um, I hope that you guys enjoy this episode. If you do like it, please share it with a friend. If you're not subscribed to the podcast already, go ahead and hit the subscribe button wherever it is located on the app that you're listening to. Um, That way you guys can get notified whenever we release a new episode. And I think that's all that I've got for you guys. I hope you enjoy this and I'll talk to you later. All right. Be kind, be well, be grateful. Love you. Mean it. Bye. All right. Hi, Robin. How are you? I'm doing excellent, Brie. It is always good to to talk to you, my friend. (laughs) Yes, we do. We have such great conversations, which is why I'm so excited that you're going to be on the podcast today. Well, you want to know something that's just fabulous about this? What is that? This is my first time being a guest 
Really? So, yeah, you know, I've, I've got my own little podcast. I've interviewed a couple people, but right. uh, I'm really thrilled that my first time as a guest is on your show because uh, I really want to get into it. Yeah, well, you're such a, a and like an eloquent speaker. I feel like you have always have so much to to give and so much insight. So I'm so honored to be the first podcast that you're on because I think this will be like a good, you'll definitely get more interviews for sure. Well, thank you. Uh, that would be a lot of fun for me. I, I love <laughs> this stuff. The, the audio format works for me uh, just because I get to let go of all the nitpicky stuff of my photography side job. So yeah, Absolutely. it's just awesome. Absolutely. So we are going to be talking about some marketing trends for 2020. Um, So I'm kind of curious to hear what your, what your take is on all of that. Well, the the first thing you have to do is you got to step back and get your 10,000 foot view because, you know, the forest for the trees, you're living in the moment, you're seeing other people but you're seeing it all from your own perspective. So if first we, we need to like back up and get a 10,000 foot view. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had basically a year of nothing to do but Netflix and Netflix work from and home. Chill. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, lo- lots of people aren't even getting the chill part because they're all panicked over a pandemic. Right. But I think the one thing that we all need to understand is humans and the things that trigger humans to be happy. You know, we're talking about marketing, right? Well, uh, one of the old, old masters of the trade said the trick isn't making someone do something. The trick is making them want to do it. Well, what do humans want? We want pleasure. Mm-hmm. Right, we want happiness. You know, you, you look at the commercials on TV and YouTube, and it's all these smiling people talking about how good this thing is. That's because everyone wants to be associated with happiness. Right. So here we are, 2021, a year into a pandemic. <laughs> Very few people have even gotten to go out to eat. Right. There's been no live concerts where people can go out. Even going out and having a cup of coffee with your friends has been booed or frowned upon, or in some cases outright illegal, right. for about a year now. So what does everyone want and need right now? And what they're wanting and needing are three things. They're wanting an event that brings human connection and gets them to engage in a story that is not pandemic. Mm-hmm. Now, if we're going to understand how that affects marketing and economy, because really, you know, what good is marketing if it doesn't lead to an uptick in the economy? We need to go back in time to the last major thing that wasn't a war to rock the U.S., the Great Depression. The Great Depression, 100%. You know, it, the Great Depression wasn't just one year or two years. It was a long-term thing. And in terms of, you know, gross domestic product lost, 
it was massive. Really, in a lot of ways, I think World War II was one of the ways we attempted as a collective global consciousness to spin our industries up again. But what was the thing that got us that initial jump start to get going? What was that thing that made everyone realize, hey, there is work to be had, there's money to be made, there's things to buy? And, you know, it's going to sound weird, but they have done a lot of research on this. <laughs> it is. When you told me this, I was like, what? <laughs> yep. Okay, but go, because I, I haven't heard the, the, I've heard the answer, but I haven't heard the explanation yet. So I'm so excited for okay. this. Okay. The the answer, the, the superficial answer, the thing that they can tie it back to as being obvious, is the Wizard of Oz movie and Dorothy with her ruby slippers. That instance sp sparked people spending money and the restoration of the economy again. Mm. So it made people realize that there were things to buy. It made them realize there were things that they could do and to both enjoy themselves and make money. So that was the thing that got the economy moving again. But what, what was it about the movie, right? The movie has this strong message of hope, opportunity, and well, really just opportunity for those who have courage, for those that go forth down the yellow brick road. <laughs> and since the point of that movie's release and its blockbuster hit status at the time, you know, granted, if we want to talk dollars, inflation, all that, we've had bigger movies since, but none that have spurred an entire national economy. And that's really that's comes right. back to this because it, it did the things they needed at the time. It gave people hope. It gave people a relief from the drudgery of constant worry about their money, both coming and going. Because if, if you focus on something, the old saying is you'll get more of that, right? Right. Well, everybody for several years during the Great Depression were focusing on what money they didn't have, what opportunities they didn't have. So the real effect of this movie. Yeah, it spurred the economy, but how? It was how it got people to view the situation differently. There was no man behind the curtain, no great wizard, so to speak, that could change things for them. In the end, the message was, you know, the opportunity's right there. You just need to go take it. So if we can see that one movie did that, then we can understand that if we take that same sort of logic, what do people need? What do they need to hear? And then we can give them that. Yeah, I think when, that's really interesting too because I think for my generation, obviously The Wizard of Oz is like a classic. And I remember well, watching it. it's ancient. It. Yeah, I remember watching it as a kid. But I haven't, I don't think I've watched it in a good 15 years. Like, I can't even remember the last time I watched it. So, like, I have right. a very spotty memory of 
all of the allegory in it, but I would have never thought like movies were able to stimulate an economy in that way. And I, I think it's going to be really interesting because of the time that we're in right now, what the, what that one thing is going to be for our, for right now, like what is our wizard of Oz essentially going, (laughs) going to be like, um, because I do think people are at this point grasping for hope and grasping for opportunity to do something different, to be something different um, mm-hmm. than ever than ever before, especially, you know, being in this for a year. Right. And there's some interesting timing on a lot of other things we'll cover in a little bit. But I think you're right. There is a better question though and that is what is your wizard of oz product going to be Mm, that's a good because if we wait for someone else to do it we're going to be waiting forever right you know it's it's one of these things is yes we're in it and we're affected by it but the laws of physics right there say that in that very scenario, we have the opportunity to affect it. Mm-hmm. You see, mm-hmm. I see a lot of people, they get this idea that somehow they're uh, lesser than or subject to everything else. But there's this law uh, in science called the law of conservation, also known as Hume's law, where in a closed system, Nothing can be created or destroyed, merely transformed. So if we look at that law of conservation on human society, yes, we're affected by it, but nothing can truly be uh, created or destroyed. Question is, what are we going to transform? How are we going to do that? Absolutely. And I think, you know, this takes me back to my early days of blogging when I began realizing that anxiety was something that I was really struggling with. And I remember getting on the internet and Googling anxiety. And of course, the first things that come up are like WebMD, like, you know, all of this clinical research. And then, you know, when I started doing like meditation for anxiety, it was like, a little too off the walls for me at that point where it was like, wake up at 5am and sing with the goats and like climb to this mountaintop. And I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. But so it was just too, it was too far away from where I was at and I couldn't find resources or a blog that I felt resonated with resonated with where I was at and so I was like I'm just gonna create my own blog and like talk about the things that I'm doing and you know I wish that I had this like very like altruistic you know pursuit of like wanting to help people and wanting to be of service with my blog but I really started it for myself because I needed like a creative outlet of you know something that wasn't too clinical, but also wasn't so far out there that I couldn't connect with it. Um, So I really, really see where you're going with, with this point of transforming the information that we do have. 
Right. But I, I want to turn back to your blog and your answer to the solution. You actually took Gandhi's advice. Oh, be the change you wish to see in the wish world. To see in the world. Right. That's literally what you did, whether you were consciously choosing to do that or not. But look how it worked out for you. Oh, yeah. Not and only. It's crazy. I was just thinking this the other day. I'm like, if you would have, like, I hate the answer of like, what's your, where do you see yourself in five years? I'm like, if you would have asked me where I saw myself in five years, five years ago, it would not be, you have a blog, you create courses, you're an entrepreneur, you have a podcast. Like that was not on my radar whatsoever. Right. I think there's a better way to ask that question. I think we're all guilty of asking it the wrong way. And the question should be, where do you want to be in five years? Mm-hmm. That's a, you know, it's that's not, a better not question. where you see yourself because where you're seeing yourself is from a state of homostasis where nothing changes. Right. That's automatically where your brain's going to project. It's just going to take the information we have and go, okay, mathematically play it out. But if you ask, where do you want to see yourself in five years? Then, okay, well, wait a minute. That's a whole different track. That's a whole different thought process. And that is actually leads back to what I'm talking about with this marketing. Humans have a need right now. We have a need for connection. Why do you think Clubhouse is doing so good? It gives this audio connection, this interactivity that podcasts aren't really satisfying right now. They're close with podcasts, but it's that interaction, that back and forth of people just communicating, just being genuine, sincere themselves. Mm -hmm. Nobody's flaunting the new car that they rented for the photo shoot. Right. Right. There's this, not this like aesthetic piece to it that we see on social media. Exactly. And it's these genuine people that are giving connection and in return receiving connection. Because remember, there's no create or destroy, just change. So if you're changing something for someone else, guess what? You've changed your environment when you change them. Mm, that's really beautiful. And I think, you know, to, to circle to the clubhouse thing, just with my own experience. And if anyone isn't on clubhouse, I know I have a couple of invites. So if you guys need one, DM me on Instagram. I don't know if Robin has any (laughs) invites. Um, I think I've got like three left. Okay. But I'm definitely willing if you have an iPhone, because they're not giving it to Android users yet. Um, if you have an iPhone, I'm definitely willing to send you an invite. Um, but just with my own experience, I found that, and I'm a big, I love connection. Like I thrive off of, like my energy is definitely derived from um, connecting with other people. Yeah, And I 100%. even found that like after being on Clubhouse for like an hour and a half one night, like I, I could just feel the, like, I don't know, dopamine, serotonin, some chemical in my brain was like firing off because I felt really, really good. Um, and I think it was the connection piece and like talking mm-hmm. to new people and, you know, ta- learning about their stories and things like that. Yeah, 100%. It's amazing what can and uh, will happen that way. Humans, if you stop and look back, like evolutionary history way back, we're 
we're a loose group, but we all depend on each other. You know, the old saying is there is no I in team, but without a team, no one can be, say, look at me. Right. You, know, you, you, you If you want to achieve great things, the only way to do it is to leverage great amounts of people. So we are both, you know, we are this dichotomy. We are both a source of things and a need. So it's just a question of how are we going to work our environment together? And this brings up a whole weird idea of almost a, a multiverse of responsibility. You know, it's like, whose job is it to change your reality? You know, there's a lot of people say, oh, well, when the government does this or when so-and-so gives to this charity, no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it comes down to how are you changing your world? And, and there's this, a long, long, long rabbit hole we could go down that way. I don't want to just yet, though. But it's this whole idea that everything is interconnected. There is no magical barrier that separates us from our reality. In essence, we are our reality. So if we want to change things, we got to we got to become the thing we want changed. And, you know, just to give a real life example of this, where like we are a product. I our- love your blog example. I love your blog example. That's perfect. <laughs> well, even too of like your, we can shift our reality at any moment or just even, I think our reality reflects where we're at mentally, spiritually, all of that. This is very roundabout. I don't even know if I'll keep this in. But So I was telling Robin <laughs> before our podcast started that my neighbor above us is moving and they did something and I now have a water leak in my apartment this morning. <laughs> and I, you know, I am a very pretty tidy person. I would say 75% of the time, if I'm being honest with myself and I'm looking around my apartment right now and I've got laundry on the floor. I have takeout, my lunch takeout <laughs> containers all over the place. There's a op- like three open LaCroix because I couldn't decide what flavor I wanted. Like it's a little bit hectic in here. <laughs> and, yep. and I feel a little hectic. Like this podcast is actually, this conversation is really grounding me. But like, that's the thing is like that's that was my reality was like chaotic this afternoon or this morning into this afternoon and my physical space is reflecting that chaos yes 100 percent, 100 percent. that's that's something that has been shown time and again but so. again after this podcast what i'm going to do is i'm going to clean it all up because Exactly. I can take that responsibility and I can take that sovereignty back of like, this is what I can do to fix the situation <laughs> that is my apartment right uh, now. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Now let's, let's take this one step forward and let's say you do something as simple as clean your balcony or your entryway that faces the street. Mm, okay. Law, law of con- conservation. Remember, the uh, humans as we exist right now, we're a closed system. So, in you changing the reality of your space, of your home, just like the old 
chaos theory about, you know, butterfly flaps its wings in Central Park and it monsoon happens in Beijing, right? In you changing that environment right there, you change the reality of everybody that observes it. Mm. So it, 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 it is something that can both have a wide-reaching effect and can't be quantified at the same time. Right. So, you know, we can apply this same thing to our marketing. We've gone over what are people needing right now. They're needing that connection. They're needing that hope. They're needing that event to make them feel empowered again. Well, here's our opportunity. Let's, let's act on it. Let's get on Clubhouse and get people that resonate with us to our websites. Let's, you know, do that other thing we've been meaning to do. Anything we can do right now that improves the lives of our fellow man improves the opportunities for ourselves. It's a completely selfish thing from this viewpoint to help other people. But I see, and I kind of come from the place of like when humans are, I think, innately selfish and I also think I'm like the first person to, to own this. Like, I feel really good when I help someone. Like, yeah. when I give someone a gift, I'm like, it's probably more exciting for me to see their reaction than it is for them to open the gift. Like, I mean, I hope 100%. they like it. Like, I genuinely hope that they like it. But I'm very much the person, like, I just, I'm going to be studying your face when you open my gift because... I derive so much joy out of that. Um, so yeah, I do think we're, we're a little selfish in our pursuits, but I think it goes, ties back to what you were saying of like that connection piece. Like we need each other. Right. right. So, you know, we can cover a few tactics now, right? We, we've got a base model. We've got an idea. We're seeing from a different point of view, what other people around us are needing and what they're doing. So we, we can begin to lay the groundwork for the sort of change we want to bring. Ultimately, that also helps us monetarily, but not as an absolute take because that's not possible. We've got to give something, right? If nothing, can be, if nothing can just be created but transformed, well, if we need to transform something that helps other people and puts money back into our pockets as marketers. That, that's where we're at right now. So we need to come up with good events. Clubhouse is a great start. A virtual event that doesn't feel like a virtual event. <laughs> you know, we have interactions rather than being broadcast to. Yes. And that's the thing, like, I could never sit through a a very few, t- I should take that back because I have sat through some conferences where it's like I'm being, you know, I'm watching people that I admire, like, speak about whatever topic, but it's, it gets strenuous for me because I'm like, I need to talk to people. Like, if I'm not physically there, like, interacting with the person sitting next to me, I get bored really quickly. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. that, is, that is one of the wonderful things about Clubhouse. And I think... The the red flag for me with Clubhouse is like the massive 
rooms. Like I, I, yeah. I spoke about this on my Instagram stories of like, I was in a Pinterest room and it was like a Q and a style. And I'm always going to be learning about Pinterest. Like, even though that's my business and I am really successful with helping clients in that way, like I'm still the platform's changing. So I'm still learning. So I jump in this clubhouse room and I had to wait an hour and a half to ask a question, <laughs> which right. like, thankfully it was the, the Super Bowl Sunday. I wasn't doing anything before the Super Bowl. I was just getting, doing my hair and makeup and like piddling around. So I had the time, but like any other time, like a Monday through Friday situation, I would have been like, peace out. I'm just going to Google it. So that's my only right. red flag for it. I think this, I think if you're going to join a big a clubhouse room, it's good if you want to learn, if your intention is to sit there and learn. But if you're looking to speak, to contribute to a conversation, I almost think the smaller rooms where it's just four, five, six people, kind of like our clubhouse room that we did, was it last week where it was just like four yeah. of us? That was like perfect. Like I got so much out of that conversation. Right. And you're not the only one. You know, it's, it's amazing what can happen even with these smaller groups. And that's that, that intimacy and that exchange because what we're all craving in these events is the exchange. You know, to sit there and just take in is like, you know, to sit on the couch and take in, you know, nothing but potato chips. Yeah, you know, sure, it's tasty. It, it keeps you busy for a little bit. But the real value comes when you can have an exchange. Right. When, when you can both provide and consume. Because that's the circulation that is really the basis of our economy. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's the, the basis of everything. You, you think about uh, in biology, uh, uh, a cell that only consumes, you know, soon runs out of food. You know, it, 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 the same basic needs exist. The same basic needs for every business, every venture, every charity even. Mm. is the need for attention. Gary Vaynerchuk's got it absolutely right on that one. We live in an uh, attention-dependent economy. Question is, how are we getting it? What are we giving to get it? (laughs) So right now, right now there's a premium, like literally a, 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 a premium cost for the one thing everyone wants most, and that is direct interaction. I could totally see someone setting up a pay-for-access club room. Mm. Oh, I think that's definitely on the horizon. Right. They're even talking about it in the app. Yeah, I think... That's for sure a big topic of attention and what we're giving for it. And to circle into, to get to segue into social media too, I think this brings up a really interesting conversation of vulnerability and authenticity at the same time. Um, Because I think a lot of people sacrifice their, almost their personal life for the attention. Yes. Um, 
and that's something like I, I even struggle with and like, how much of myself do I want to give? Do I want to like save for myself and like my loved ones? Um, because yeah, I think a lot of people will do anything for the attention because they know that that can make them money. Okay. Here's, here's where the real trade-off comes. There is one commodity out of all of them that is king for humans. Absolute king. It should be the thing you reserve as much as possible for your family and loved ones. Even more than money. Money and, and crypto and all that. It's an idea. But this one thing is real. It's tangible. It's limited. Time. I was just going to say time. Dang it. <laughs> time. And the other thing that always gets overlooked is attention. What are you giving attention to? How are you giving it to them? Mm -hmm. The same goes for your audience. Same goes for your family. What kind of attention are you giving them? And how much time are you giving them? Is it a balance that you're comfortable with? It has to come back to you. You're, you're playing the source in this, whether it be social media, whether it be you know, uh, live events, what have you. So really choose what you want, make what you want, give what you have. Oh, well, this has been wonderful. Is there any last little thoughts that you would like to share with us? You've been so insightful. Well, I, I'm afraid I, I am a bit of the king of random, but if I could pull everything together and say what we all need now is community and intimacy and that we all need to not be afraid to let others express gratitude for us remember it, it's up to them to express it and it has no, no variance on our our value but if we just put that opportunity out there you know i've got a podcast that i'm getting ready to fire back up again I, I, like you i took a hiatus so if people would like to check me out there that'd be great the episodes are still up for views from the north you know bait you know share what you have from where you are as the old saying goes yeah, um, yeah that's so exciting i'm excited for your podcast to come back well thanks yeah it's uh it's uh, definitely a fun one for me to produce because I don't often have guests. And a lot of times it's just stuff that I've found that it's like, look, if you're going to try marketing, you know, there, there's, it's such a deep rabbit hole. Every aspect of human experience, you could spend a lifetime analyzing that aspect and still not have it all. Mm, yep. So mar marketing is like, you have to start by understanding humans. And I don't think there's anything as complex in the universe as humans. <laughs> well, and I think what's that one saying? Like the more you know about a particular topic, like the you feel like the less you know or something to that extent. Oh, you're talking about Aristotle's quote. I love yes. that one. Yes. And, I, forgot and that the, is, I forgot the actual verbiage of it, but that's like the gist of it. Well, in English, the closest translation I've heard is that 
education is the progressive realization of your own ignorance. Mm, okay. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, even translated into English, you know, 2,500 years later, it's still one heck of a deep thought. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I feel like that's the same, everything get, that goes for business too. Like, I feel like the more that I learn about business, it's mm-hmm. this ever growing, ever evolving thing where, and there's no two businesses alike. Um, you know, ever mm-hmm. what works for one person isn't going to work for another, which is why I have to use the umbrage, umbrage word, like why I also take umbrage with like those, um, marketers that are like here's my seven figure blueprint (laughs) like take these exact 16 steps and you'll also make seven figures and I'm like no (laughs) like it doesn't work like that you know um and I I get it I I understand the game and why they do that but it's also I feel bad for people who don't realize like you don't just do these seven, ten, ten steps, and then you make a million dollars overnight. Like, there's a lot more that goes into that. But, um, yeah, it's right. ever, ever evolving thing. Yeah, and because of that, the opportunity is always evolving. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so it, it's not going to stop. As the old Billy Joel song says, "We didn't start the fire." so there is that Uh, Bree it has been an absolute pleasure talking with you again it always is I can hardly wait to hear the new uh, episodes as they come out and thank you you for for letting me get into it with you of course (laughs) or get back into it with me that too that too (laughs) 